0: Right, guys, Big Joe here on Turnbuckle Talk Now, you might be noticing That I didn't say the full Kind of uh, on opener Because Carl is actually on location As as we kind of speak here uh, He is in an undisclosed location I believe somewhere out over the Atlantic Ocean Having a vacation, but In a spot, we have special Guest hosts from Hitting the Marks Also found at the GuerrillaPosition.com And part of the Roar Network Jargo from Hitting the Marks, what's going on brother?
1: How are you, sir? You know, I, I I can tell you where Carl is Yeah. if you really want to know what happened. Mm-hmm. He uh, he gave an opinion on here a couple of weeks ago yep. that just had me infuriated. Oh, what was so that? So what I did is I reached out to the Ayatollah himself, the great Bin Hameen, oh. and I, I had him kidnap Carl so I could take oh, his Jesus. spot for the show this week. Sorry, Carl. <clears throat> oh, boy. So
0: before we get into everything that we want to talk about, because we have a little bit of uh, a list that we want to get to. Before we get to any of that, we need to do something else though.
1: The seven second dance break.
0: Yeah, I stole your gimmick.
1: You totally stole my gimmick, and I stole it rightfully from the fabulous truth and Joe I'm gonna give you a spoiler right now because as we are recording this right now it is noon my time on Sunday TLC is gonna go down here in about six hours and Mm -hmm. I'm telling you right now the fabulous truth are gonna win the mix match challenge they're gonna go over the uh, Alicia maharaja combination Mm -hmm. and our truth is going to get lost and he's going to enter number 30 in the women's rumble.
0: Could this, this whole build up with the mixed match challenge all be so that he can do this? Is That's that what, all for is, that? Spot. It's, this is what, this is all building towards to do that.
1: It's uh, all building to that spot.
0: I, I have one word to describe that and that would be sadness. Yes. I it's think so. Awful. So to start things off with our, the bulk of the conversation we want to get to here, last week Carl and I kind of gave our report card for the, the year that was 2018 for the World of Professional Wrestling. And we decided to go with, a, instead of like a 1 to 10 or like a star rating, we went to kind of the school grade kind of format. And I gave the overall business, like I said, this isn't just WWE or just any specific promotion, it's the professional wrestling business as a whole, a letter grade of B, because I, I think felt, that's fair.
1: Because
0: I felt uh, going into it, uh, actually, Carl was a little bit more harsh. He actually said that we went in with like a C or maybe uh, possibly a D going into the year, and then you know, we've uh, you know with the uh, you know Ring of Honor and Impact and Lucha Underground really kind of coming to the forefront. Uh, MLW. If I should make sure I don't uh, forget to mention them you know, providing great alternatives to the WWE because as we are all aware, Raw especially, and it's starting to trickle over to SmackDown too, is that it's getting rough.
1: Well, <laughs> it seems as though there's a major shakeup coming tonight on Monday Night Raw. Yeah. Uh, that's that's what's being advertised. Vinny Mac himself is going to be in the house. I'm hearing a, a lot of speculation as to what the announcement could be. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, honestly, to lower expectations it very easily could be something as simple as Vince McMahon is firing Baron Corbin tonight. It could be. Storyline line, line, bottom of the barrel, that's the low end of the spectrum. The high end of the spectrum that I'm hearing Mm -hmm. is Vince McMahon is going to step down tonight and basically hand over control of the company to Triple H and Stephanie, and Vince is going to go focus on this XFL thing. Yep. I think that is being... Very, very wishful. And I'm not even sure that it would necessarily change anything. We also know that the Fox network is looking for Smackdown to pull in about 3.3 million viewers (laughs) right now. They are just below 2 million viewers. They've lost about 750,000 viewers over the course of 2018. Okay, so they not only have to get that back, then another half million viewers to get to where Fox really wants Smackdown Live at. Joe, I guess my question to you, can they do that without Vince McMahon at the helm?
0: That's a great question, because, uh, you know, you had mentioned on the the low side of things, you know, it could just be that he's firing Barry Kermit. Could we go even lower that he's just coming in to do a seven second dance break?
1: absolutely the, I,
0: that's I, I, that's I would fair. not put I would not put it past Vince to just it could be a complete ruse and be like so we see this thing on Smackdown you know maybe this is just gonna be a raw thing now it, it could be something as childish and as simple as that you know going you know all the way up to what you're saying Vince possibly stepping down that would be that would be a real game changer and I honestly don't know what the outcome that would be I think people w- would expect like this big you know paradigm shift if vince were to leave but i mean we wouldn't see a drastic change right away
1: no absolutely not i mean obviously storylines are in place yeah um and and more importantly if that is what's going on behind the scenes are we going to get a glimpse of that at tlc hmm. we can, we'll see because you
0: know going into it you know and i listened to you guys last week and I'm not that really invested in much of it other than Becky and Charlotte. There's nothing else that's piquing my interest.
1: But you look at the card on paper and it could be a really good card. It's not until you look at the creative until you watch these awful shows that you realize, oh, my God, this is going to be a four hour chore.
0: There is no creative going on. Like you guys had mentioned, and I had mentioned this on last week's episode of Turnbuckle Talk, that it really has started to feel like it's a bunch of Saturday Night Live writers writing all of their bits, and then they're just throwing it up. And then the, the best of it, and I'm using finger hand quotations here, the best of it maybe we'll use, or it, it'll catch on.
1: Well, it seems like, and when we say this, uh, to clarify, for, for some of the Turnbuckle Talk listeners who may not listen to Hitting the Marks, number yeah. one, you can find us at hittingthemarks.podbean.com. Don't don't stop. I mean, just, nope. just listen to it, right? Absolutely. Even if it is three hours of your life, you'll never get back. <laughs> um, but it, as you look at the format of the show when we say that they're writing individual segments, they're not writing a television show. Like when you sit down and you watch arrow or you sit down and watch the flash where it's a, a a weekly episodic TV show, Mm -hmm. they're just writing individual segments, which is basically whether it's Lawrence Welk or Saturday night live, it's a variety show. And this is something that's been going on inside of our culture for the better part of 80 years at this point. It's the Ed Sullivan show turned up to 11.
0: Yeah, but poorly executed on top of it. Exactly. You know, it just it, it's not even consistent like within like forget trying to like dovetail different storylines and try to weave them together. Even just week to week the same story isn't isn't cohesive. Like it's it it, it oh.
1: But, you know, when (laughs) when people look at the differences between the modern-day product and the Attitude Era, because that's the era that everybody compares everything to, because it was the best era of professional wrestling. Mm. But whether you were watching Nitro or you were watching Raw, it was Stone Cold going through and stomping mud holes Mm. in people's PG, because we're in Canada. all right? Or or, or you flip over to Nitro, and it's Hollywood Hogan in the NWO just running roughshod over everybody to the point where... It, it became discouraging. There was no glimmer of hope left for the faces. The NWO was taking over the company. Mm-hmm. But it was a story weaved through the entire show. It was an entire TV show. It wasn't written segment to segment. Yeah. So for yourself, going into the
0: beginning of 2018 to now, what would what would your letter grade be at, at the start of the year and then where we're at now, which is we're, we're reaching the end of 2018 here?
1: it's so hard because I I, I really spend a lot of time and a lot of effort separating what is professional wrestling and what is sports entertainment mm-hmm. and i try to grade them differently okay. and i think the world of professional wrestling you have to give an a this year whether it's new japan pro wrestling whether mm-hmm. it's what ring of honor has done this year impact has really come a long way even if nobody is watching the show i feel <laughs> like lucha underground may have taken a bit of a step back something wasn't right when they went to the new temple it just didn't feel the same Yep. But you had MLW come up mm-hmm. and absolutely made up that difference. Yep. And then you had all in, which was an experience onto itself. When you when you consider all of that together with what's going on in Mexico, Lucha Libre's never been hotter, Triple A's never been hotter, the crash CMLL, what's going on in Australia, there's over 30 different independent promotions in Australia right now, Canada's starting to boom again it's Ohio versus everything it's, it's ridiculous the amount of talent coming out of Ohio right now pro wrestling gets an A and then you look at sports entertainment and sports entertainment gets a C and it gets a C because NXT is carrying the weight
0: absolutely, NXT is carrying the weight and to a certain extent, you know um, especially, you know, the women on in uh, WWE. Thankfully, you know, the majority of that is good because, you know, I had mentioned to, I can't remember, I think I was talking to you the other day, when it comes to the WWE weekly programming, with the exception of the NXT brands, which are really good, I'm tapping when it comes to Raw and SmackDown. I'm tapping. I'm done I'm done talking about Raw and SmackDown. SmackDown might still come up, but when it, Raw, especially when it comes to talking about Raw, I'm tapping. I'm done talking about it.
1: Yeah, I, I don't care about started it. Started at hitting the marks. Mm. We did full review shows where we would break down Ross. I, I, feel, bad I feel bad for you. I feel bad for you. And it was like six months into it. I was like, I've had it. I can't do this anymore. No. This is just awful. And so we started looking at pay per view cards. And those were the only stories that I was paying attention to. Yep. And it wasn't until these last couple of weeks where I've had some unfortunate family issues going on. So mm-hmm. I've been home a lot, yep. actually tuned in to Monday Night Raw. There's no way I would have known about Lucha House Party versus the revival a month ago. Yeah, Because if it's not on a pay-per-view, I'm not talking about it. Mm-hmm. If you don't give it that much attention, I'm not giving it that much attention either.
0: Another big thing that's been happening in 2018, and this is a particular topic that gets me kind of hot and bothered and kind of ticked off, but I know that uh, other people see it differently, and of course this has to do with our MMA type people that have uh, infiltrated, in my opinion, the world of professional wrestling here, Jargo.
1: Yeah, but you know this has been actually going on for the better part of twenty years. Joe. It has been I mean, when you when when you go back to I mean obviously Minoru Suzuki is still active and UFC would not exist without Pride and without yeah. without pancreas Pride never exists. And Suzuki was the founder of Pancreas, for those who don't know. And then you had Ken Shamrock breaking into the WWE, yep. obviously one of the biggest names in the UFC, and it's kind of been going on really since then. So I guess my question to you is obviously there's this huge influx of talent now, but yep. where do you stand did you feel the same way about it twenty years ago when Ken Shamrock won the Intercontinental Championship?
0: To a certain extent, yeah. But I felt that there was enough there to the main issue that I have with these MMA people coming in is, this is something that's specific with me, and I think uh, a lot of fans that were, that watched a lot of MMA and watch a lot of professional wrestling, and I, I totally get the appeal for somebody who hasn't watched a lot of MMA, and you, you get this person coming in like a Shaney Baszler, or like a Ronda Rousey coming in, and it's something different. I get it. There's the attention there. This is, okay, this isn't just somebody body slamming and uh, suplexing all the time. There's, there's more to it than that. But for me, having seen a lot of MMA and then when you see a lot of those similar things being done in the pro wrestling context, that's where I start to have the issue when I start seeing the Ronda Rousey armbar and stuff like that. it, It doesn't look convincing in the pro wrestling context when the idea in MMA is to essentially come to as close as you can without breaking somebody's arm to bend it the opposite way. And then when you see it being done the way that she does it specifically, that gets under my skin, man.
1: Um, how do you feel about Kurt Angle?
0: With Kurt Angle, it's different because he does a lot more of your your traditional pro wrestling stuff that you would expect. A lot more. You know, the suplexes, the, the Irish whips, the body slams, you know, mixed within, the, you know, the, all the amateur, the, the Olympic wrestling background and whatnot. You know, okay, there's enough well, there now let me, for me to latch on to. Now let, to let me
1: bring that to a 2018 context. Yep. How do you feel about Jeff Cobb?
0: With Jeff Cobb? it's he's something special okay the, the first time i actually I God, first, God. the first time i really got to watch a good bulk of him was watching final battle here uh, i'm glad i was able to find uh, a way to, to watch that because wow impressive impressive that's all i can say uh-huh. about him
1: I've been watching Jeff Cobb now in PWG for a couple of years. Obviously uh, there's this crazy rumor going around that Jeff Cobb and the monster Matanza Cueto are somehow related. I, I, I think that's just crazy talk. Um, I would love to see that match, though. Uh, but as far as Jeff Cobb goes, his biggest problem is his personality, mm-hmm. uh, and, and it's it's the promos. It's, that's the where Jeff Cobb is really going to struggle, and that's where I think Ring of Honor is really going to help him when he can get in with somebody like a Christopher Daniels, a, a Frankie Kazarian, Marty Skrull, and just define a character. Because that's kind of where Kurt Angle, that's where I wanted to go with that. Yep. When Kurt Angle first came in, I couldn't stand him. No. Because it was all Olympic wrestling and it was over the course of him developing the character of Kurt Angle that that's when we all really fell in love with him. But I'm wondering if it's kind of that same disconnect, you know, because we've seen many Olympic wrestlers come in and just fall flat. I mean, look at Charlie Haas, Shelton Benjamin.
0: Exactly, you know what, in my opinion, what made it work with Kurt Angle is that he wasn't afraid to take risks with his character. I mean, we, we, There's times where we had the serious Kurt Angle, we had the goofball Kurt Angle wearing the stupid little cowboy hat, playing a little ukulele guitar, or whatever it was. You know, he wasn't afraid to take gambles with his character. And over time, I think that that's what's resulted in
1: that working for him. So now the the biggest question is. Where do you stand on Brock Lesnar? Obviously, we have our personal feelings about Brock Lesnar and what whether he's good for the business, bad for the business. But just between the ropes, yep. this latest run, the Suplex City mm-hmm. UFC fighter Brock Lesnar. What do you, what's your feelings on Brock? When it comes to just
0: his in ring in ring work stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, try to separate, you know, yeah. your personal feelings of Brock Lesnar, but, I mean, you yeah. know, he's he's still the biggest draw inside of the company. When they advertise Brock Lesnar's going to be on TV, ratings go up every time.
0: Yep, absolutely. When it comes to, to that, uh, with him stepping in the ring, though, yeah, he has that, that powerhouse style, The you know, the dozen or so suplexes. For me... You know that, that part, you know, there's not a whole lot of variety there with him. That's where I, I have a little bit of issue. I, I love that he brings in the numbers, brings in, in the fans. That's fantastic. You know, but when but it
1: com- when he's motivated, look back at the AJ Styles match from yes. Survivor Series last That's year. That's a good example. Brock Lesnar is an incredible professional wrestler, and his absolutely. blend of styles. Yep. he can absolutely make it work when he's motivated and wants to, which is why I say we have to separate the person.
0: Yeah, and it's going to be interesting what's going to happen with him going forward, you know, especially once this Fox deal kicks in. You know, is, Are they going to want him on SmackDown because he's this we'll kind of hybrid tonight. We'll know wrestler. a
1: lot more tonight. Yeah. Uh, de- depending on, on the, the outcome of the Baron Corbin and Braun Strowman match, and if we're going to get Strowman versus Lesnar at the Rumble, or if we're putting off Brock's last match on his contract until WrestleMania.
0: Yeah, and going more with the the MMA guys who I really like, and then this might kind of surprise you, Matt Matt Riddle in NXT, fantastic. It, 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 this might sound surprising coming from me because Shannon Baszler and them, I can't stand them. But when it comes to Not Matt Riddle, sure. dude, like just the, the the character, and I know Carl. He's not here right now. He can't stand Matt Riddle, especially when he said when he made his debut, which is actually part of uh, the naming of the, <laughs> the previous episode that we did. He can't, he can't stand that. Dude, I, I love his character. I love this aloof stoner character. He comes into the ring, kicks off the, uh, the sandals, and yeah.
1: See, and I am going to surprise you because I go the other way on Matt Riddle. Yeah. I love Matt Riddle when the bell rings yeah. until the bell rings rings again, yeah. and the match is over. Yeah. All the other stuff, I freaking hate it. Uh, I, yeah. I hate the bro. I hate the debut yeah. I hate the aloofness. <laughs> I hate the sandals. Put on some shoes, you dirty freaking hippie. <laughs> I, I hate it. I hate everything about it.
0: But you know what has been really great in NXT? And this is something you and I got to kind of shoot the breeze Ow. at before it happened, and and it ended up happening was Ricochet had the open challenge for the North American title. And guess who showed up to challenge him and just knocked it out of the freaking park, man.
1: Prince pretty reminding everybody why he is my favorite wrestler. I absolutely love me some Tyler breeze. And that match was everything that I love about Tyler breeze. It's, it's a damn shame that Tyler breeze has been reduced to what he's been reduced to on the main roster in this tag team with Fandango, who I also really, really like as a talent. Yeah. I wish they'd drop the whole Fondango thing, go back to being Johnny Curtis, yes. put the two of them back yep. together, turn them heel, turn them serious, and let them go after gold. Because when Prince Pretty is turned on and can cut loose with his character work, combined with what he can do in the ring, which is simply make his opponents look like a million freaking bucks. Yep. I don't know what what is there to dislike about Tyler Breeze other than he's five foot ten inches tall, and he still
0: manages to make himself look good against Ricochet, which is not a walk in the park by any means. No, and he's even been in there with Jushin Thunder Liger, who went out of his way to come here and have a match with Tyler Breeze, and, and that was fantastic too. Both guys looked looked amazing.
1: It's one of my favorite matches ever.
0: Oh, absolutely. And but then he went over to the main roster, and what happened? In your, in your opinion, Jargo, what happened to Tyler Breeze on the main on over on the main show?
1: Vince doesn't get it. Um, I, I, I think back to Christopher Daniels, who mm-hmm. has had this incredible career. Yep. And when, when they first were going to bring in Christopher Daniels into the WWE, he was supposed to be the almighty Christopher Daniels. He yep. was supposed to be the higher power. Remember the whole, it's me, Austin. It was me all along. Yep. No, it wasn't you all along, Vince. No. It was supposed to be Christopher Daniels. Yep. And Vince met Christopher Daniels and said, look at him. He's so small. <laughs> and and that's the problem with Tyler Breeze. Yep. He's a little guy. He should have went to 205 Live. He could be killing it right now as your cruiserweight champion. I would have put the cruiserweight championship on him at WrestleMania.
0: Is there, does it really boil down to Because any, anybody who listens uh, to our podcast at all has known that uh, myself especially has ripped on Vince quite a bit. And this deal, his fascination, his... Obsession with the big guy. Is that really what's, at the end of the day, what's killing these guys who just aren't
1: that? I don't know, man. It's 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 really hard to it's say. It's hard to argue I, against that. It, it's very hard to argue against it. And the thing that's frightening about that is Hunter's the same way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Hunter has always been a body guy. He yeah. likes those big guys. That's why I'm expecting huge things out of Donovan Dijak or Donovan Dijakovic, or whatever the hell they. I can't say his, his name right. Name yeah. You know what they're doing? They're turning him into the Russian from Rocky Four. Hmm. That's gonna be Donovan Dijak's character. I'll bet you anything. He's it, the, He's he's the, he's Dolph Lundgren.
0: We're still doing these social stereotypes. These, uh, oh well, yeah. he's he's Russian, so he he has to be the the, the angry communist who hates America, yep. Rusev, right. But um,
1: But uh, think of how hot Rusev was when he came riding out on that tank. Can you ever rebuild Rusev to that level?
0: I said this before. I can't remember if it was this week or the week before on Turnbuckle Talk here. I said Rusev was hot. He was great until he opened his mouth and started talking.
1: Well, and I think the other thing, the other problem with Rusev, and this is a conversation that, you know, you have to play into 2018 when you're looking at your letter grade, Mm -hmm. and that is social media. Uh, you There's no way you can be that Bulgarian brute and be the way that Rusev and Lana are on total divas and on Instagram and on social media.
0: Yeah. It's something that that's come up
1: in our discussions as well. And is there a fix for it? Well, it's crazy, man. Because we, we have an interview with Cody Hawk coming up tomorrow on yep. the Monday locker room at Uh For those who don't know, Cody Hawk is a legendary trainer in the business, yes. uh, working at OVW. He's on some guest spots down at the Performance Center. And one of the things that we talk about is social media. When you look at Ohio and look at the products that are coming out of Ohio, mm-hmm. you've got Sammy Callahan. You've got Dean Ambrose. Yep you've got the Rascals, you've got Kelly Klein. There's this huge influx of talent coming out of Ohio. Guess what? You don't know anything about any of them personally. And mm-hmm. that is something that Cody Hawk has beat into them. Like It's weird because this era of kayfabe I feel like it's really coming back on the independent scene and you need look no further than All In and Being the Elite. Yep. You know, that's people just buying into the story. I mean, for God's sake, the storyline of the year and I don't care what anybody says. The storyline of the year was Hangman Page murdering famous dick wrestler Joey Ryan. <laughs> that was the angle of the year and yeah. people bought in wholeheartedly because they stuck to the narrative and the creative was good and it was entertaining and it paid off with as ian riccobani called it giant inflatable phalluses (laughs) and it worked it worked yeah it was so freaking pro wrestling man at the end of the day it was so pro wrestling
0: yep you know, and we, we get this double-edged sword when it comes to social media because, especially on the independent scene, it was seen a little bit before, too, with uh, with Zach Ryder. You know, uh, when things were kind of dull for him, he was able to kind of, on the internet, make a name for himself, even with that uh, title that came up with. And I thought that was pretty successful. But on the independent scene, you see these guys who can literally, you know, create a character for themselves and get their name out there and get booked and get promoted. But then... At the same time, it exposes the person. And then you run into that, that character issue with Rusev, where you have him being the, this Russian brute. Actually, he's Bulgarian. But then, you know, you have him, you know, sitting and having ice cream with with uh, whoever he's shooting with. You know, it, it's.
1: Uh, Mowing his yard in a Speedo. Because.
0: That didn't actually Rusev happen to. Do... Yes, it did. Oh, God. But. Uh, Thank
1: you, Instagram, for that visual. Right.
0: So it, it's one of those things where it's a, it's a great thing to get yourself promoted and get your name out there. But then it, if you work for the WWE or any main me promotion, I like guess like the, the, maybe they just have to start telling them to just stay off of it. Or like, you know, you, know, you can't do that. But I mean, uh, it's a, it's a product of the, this day and age, man.
1: Well, you know what you can do? I can solve the, solve the issue for him real quick. Yeah, Run credits, run credits. Hmm. That's all it takes. Run credits. Tell me, Colby Lopez as Seth Rollins. Yeah. And then I know that anything coming from Colby Lopez's account is actually his personal feelings. And anything coming from the Seth Rollins account is a character.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There are some that do that. Run credits. Yep. There's some that do that, but, uh, you know, especially when you're on this main platform like WWE in a big public company, when this little, and we've seen it too, where people have gone back like years into these people's social media accounts and, and, and bring up this stuff. And it's like,
1: you know, uh, you know, it it's is what it is 2018 PC culture, man.
0: No, don't even get me started with that. Don't even go there, man. It's just, it's, people are so overly sensitive now, especially with Christmas time and stuff that's been going on with the baby. Baby, it's cold outside, can't play it because it encourages raping women and getting them drunk. Like, come on. You know, Charlie Brown, oh, the Franklin sitting at the table by himself, so they, everybody else must be racist. Like, it, it's getting beyond ridiculous when it comes to just all that stuff.
1: Yeah, it was one of the, uh, the other day, I was trying to see if I actually saved the image. It doesn't look like I did. Yeah. I came across um, <clears throat> a list of like 20 other Christmas songs that need to be banned because of PC culture.
0: Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if White Christmas was one of them because that's very yeah, racist. It was
1: because obviously.
0: Yeah. Because that it doesn't have to do with snow at all. It has to do with race. Yep. Absolutely. It's absolutely ridiculous, man. Absolutely I saw ridiculous.
1: Mama Kissing Santa Claus. You're promoting adultery. How dare you?
0: god all right dude we're going to take a brief break here and we're going to hear some from our friends around the war network and everywhere else and we're going to come back and we're going to talk about wwe this is going to be our showstopper segment for this week a little bit different we are going to see what the wwe specifically is going to be like in 10 years from now we'll be right back guys
2: Independent contractors in the professional wrestling industry. if you're looking for a way to put the power of the media in your own hands, contact pinned LLC. Pinned LLC is media and marketing for the professional wrestling industry. It's your one-stop, one-click online profile and so much more. With Pinned, you'll receive a full background story, photo gallery, an interview conducted with you, links to all your social media and where you can be booked, and yes, a 60-second custom television commercial all about you. Get more info today. Email pinned.biz at gmail.com. That's pinned.biz at gmail.com or click the icon at the thegorillaposition.com to get more info about pen. Remember, get connected, get booked, get Penned.
3: I am a real American. Fight for the rights of everyone.
2: bring the huckster back the huckster i mean (laughs) how about new
1: what's up peeps, freaks and geeks this is jargo from the hidden marks pro wrestling podcast right here at the roar network and you are listening to turnbuckle talk with joe and carl All right, guys.
0: Big Joe and Jargo of Hitting the Mercs Pro Wrestling Podcast back here on Turnbuckle Dock. Still here. Yep. And before we get to our showstopper segment.
1: The seven-second dance break.
0: Sorry, man. I had to go there.
1: You know, I was explaining to you at the break that that's really just a rib. I know. Oh, Joe. (laughs)
0: <laughs> stealing
1: my gimmick. <laughs> you no, know, Jimmy Havoc stole my gimmick, too. Oh. I, I used to wear uh, that mask that Jimmy Havoc wears. Yeah. I was wearing that on stage like five years ago.
0: a lot of stolen gimmicks out there.
1: Yep. Hashtag Jimmy Havoc stole my gimmick.
0: Oh, boy. All right, man. To wrap things up here, let us do our Showstopper segment, and let's talk about where we see the big WWE And 10 years from now are they still going to be putting out what they're putting out now or are they going to get back on top and have it so we're watching run every week like we did when we were in high school
1: well you know i i I think the first thing that we have to establish who owns the wwe in 10 years that's because i think that's a legitimate conversation to have i mean are we watching a full-on disney product 10 years from now (laughs) You know,
0: and I think it has a lot to do with what we're going to see coming up soon, what Vince decides to do, if he's going to just exclusively put all his energy behind XFL or not. Stephanie, I mean, that's up in the air. You guys mentioned that she's interested in a career in politics, so that could be something that's up in the air. Dude, I mean, in 10 years, there might not be any McMahons involved in running this company at all.
1: Or it could just be Hunter. You know, maybe... Disney owns the company, but they entrust Hunter to actually run it. Like, that's not far-fetched either. I mean, there is a head of Marvel Studios. Yeah, Mm -hmm. he reports to the people at Disney, but, you know, we we very well could be going that way too. Uh, My question becomes, though, when I start looking at WrestleMania – Mm. We we have had such this this huge reliance on bringing back stars from the past. I mean, for God's sake, this year we've already had Shawn Michaels' grand return. You you can never do that again. You're that that's a WrestleMania moment lost that we're never going to get back. Um, And when I look at ten years from now, the era after the ruthless aggression era, the era after the Attitude era. That era doesn't really exist anymore. There, there there's yeah. a lot of talent that has passed away and moved on. There's a lot of talent that was forced to retire from injury early, like edge. Yep. Where who are you going to bring back ten years from now? We're at that point too where
0: we've mentioned it and this is going a while back now that they may even be considering at some point doing more than one WrestleMania per year, like having your North American WrestleMania and then doing like a worldwide one. I mean, we're starting to see that because uh, we're, we're spreading out so much with the NXT brands. You know, we have the NXT UK now. We have NXT over here. We might see NXT India. We might see NXT Germany. That's a very strong possibility. with our friend Jazzy over in Germany, Japan possibly, although that that's kind of risky territory. Canada obviously is, you know, a main candidate for an NXT brand but we're doing all of these things and you know especially you know if Vince uh, if Stephanie get involved in other things yeah Hunter can be this kind of overseeing thing but you need to have you know your your people in these areas kind of running things if he tries to do too much it, things could just spiral down even worse man
1: well let's say let, let, let's look at something a little bit the WrestleMania let's make WrestleMania what it was supposed to be Yep. Okay, so yeah, we've got Hunter kind of overseeing everything, <clears throat> as it is right now. We know that Johnny Saint is the general manager at NXT UK. Great choice. We have William Regal at the the homegrown NXT, or NXT North America, as I like to refer to it at this point. Yep. Uh, it seems as though Germany is certainly going to be on the way. And then the next one seems as though it's either going to be Australia or Japan, I I expect that they go to Australia as opposed to going to Japan, as Rick and I have discussed on Hitting the Mark several times. Mm -hmm. Busting into Japan is a very, very bad idea for WWE. So I would go to Australia instead kind of use it as a hub so you can have Australia, Japan, India, China all kind of run through that Australia market. What if WrestleMania actually becomes we're going to feature all of these championships and it's going to be the best of all these NXT brands and you have the NXT UK championship defended at WrestleMania and the mm. NXT Australia championship at WrestleMania and the regular NXT and then whatever is going on, on Ron SmackDown.
0: Yeah. It needs to go back to, cause I don't know about you personally, you know, with everything else that's been going on with ring of honor, uh, getting really good impact MLW and all this, Wrestlemania the last couple of years It doesn't feel like that special Big wrestling show of the year Like it used to be and For me it's I, Wrestle
1: Kingdom
0: Oh absolutely And it, that's coming up soon too And I dude I can't wait for that. that That's shaping up to be Probably one of the better cards Of the year actually um, But yeah has lost That aura about it In, in my opinion
1: well, WrestleMania is all about moments. Yep. That's really what WrestleMania comes down to. And the best moment that we have had in the recent past couple of WrestleManias was the return of the Hardys. That yep. was really the your your big nostalgia pop. That pop was absolutely oh. ridiculous. But Did- since that... We haven't really had that big WrestleMania moment
0: to this day. I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that. When I go back and even not watching the entire show, but even just watching that segment, when 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 that gets announced, like when when New Day when they kind of back up and that music drops, like the the hair stands, like just the thought right now that the hair stands back in the, in the back of my neck. Like it's it's one of those moments where it's just like a genuine oh wow surprise moment.
1: Uh, I had one the other night at Final Battle. Mm. Flip Gordon's entrance against Bully Ray. Yeah. That entrance was freaking epic. And I sent Rick a message as I was watching it. And I was like, there's no way Flip Gordon can lose this match. Yeah. There's there's no way. Coming out with the flag and the fatigues, and there's no way could Flip Gordon lose that match. That's a moment that's going to live in Ring of Honor history forever.
0: Absolutely. So w- with the, the WWE and where they're going to be in 10 years from now, It's, we're at a point yet where it's, it's hard to kind of make a prediction because we're, we're so close to some changes, some, hopefully, you know, some significant changes happening here that, uh, I think maybe in the next month or two, it might be a question that we can kind of better answer. Because there's so many things that are up in the air, talent-wise, you know, Vince-wise, you know, Fox-wise.
1: Yep. Yeah. thing—that's the other thing yeah. to take into consideration—is a guy that works in TV. Yeah. What is the landscape of television going to look like in ten years? Yep. You know, this—this this is only a five-year TV deal. We know about sixty-five percent of the WWE revenue comes from the existing TV deal Mm -hmm. that numbers about to skyrocket with this new Fox and NBC Universal deal if those deals are up in five years there's no guarantee that those deals are renewed there's no guarantee that cable television is still a thing 10 years
0: from now i was just gonna say because we we are in that age where you know and, and myself specifically i haven't had cable television in probably about five years uh, you know the majority of my con content well all my content is either streamed or downloaded and, and this is becoming the norm whereas that's becoming kind of the the exception so you know i think in 10 years from now that you know it could completely change, you know, and even going into that, you know, you, you had mentioned at the top of the show that uh, Fox is looking for some good numbers coming into this. Is there a remote possibility that if we don't get to that point, could they just pull it out of that deal entirely? Or is that already a, a done deal?
1: Uh, far it, that know? all depends on the wording of the contract. Yeah. Uh, I assume, and I have made the bold prediction, I think if they debut on Fox in October, I think by WrestleMania the following year, you see SmackDown move to FS1.
0: Yeah,
1: that's kind of my fear. Yeah,
0: and just the 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 the, the viewers viewership just dropping. Like you had mentioned too, like people seem to tune in for that first bit, and then it just completely drops off. What are they watching instead? Of, are they just watching other wrestling, or what do you think that they're
1: watching? That's the great question, you know, and and I hear, you know, well, the TV ratings don't matter. Well, you know who the TV ratings matter to? Yeah, they matter. (laughs) The TV people. Yeah. And and, and one of the things that I think is a huge misconception is what the rating means, okay? The rating, when when people say, oh, well, there's so many people cutting the cord. Well, those people don't count. No. Because what the actual rating is, is the percentage of people that are watching the program Mm -hmm. that have it available to them. If they have already cut the cord, they don't count in the rating to begin with. No, it's a completely separate metric. So the reality is their rating now is down to like a one point eight, and at one point they were over a six.
0: <laughs> how long ago was was that?
1: Well, I mean, you're going back to the Attitude Era for yeah. those kind of numbers. Yeah. But I mean, that and the people say, well, if you don't like it, we'll turn it off. <laughs> The reality is there's about 8 million people that have done just that. Yeah. The problem is how do we get them back?
0: And I'm going to make reference to something that when you and I were talking the other day, and, I, and this is going to come up again, I'm going to make this statement. I'm going to make a hockey reference for anybody who's a hockey fan out here, and I think at this really prize, I and I can see you already nodding, that the WWE – For those of you who aren't hockey fans out there, I'm going to make a Toronto Maple Leafs reference for you, okay? So you can go investigate this and try and prove me wrong, but I'm right. The WWE has become the Toronto Maple Leafs of the professional wrestling business. Why? Because to make that hockey reference, the Toronto Maple Leafs are probably the most profitable team in the entire National Hockey League, regardless of whether they win or they lose.
1: Yep.
0: Same thing with WWE. Regardless of how crappy and how bad things are, they're still m- making money essentially. Yeah. And it's to the point where uh, I can't remember what uh, radio broadcaster and tr- actually in Toronto worded it, that Toronto Maple Leaf fans are one of two things that are either incredibly loyal or incredibly stupid. And it's almost getting to that point where even that statement there could apply to the WWE.
1: Well, and and to apply it to other sports, I mean, it's the Dallas Cowboys, it's the Chicago Cubs. You know, it, regardless of how bad the Cubs were, getting tickets at Wrigley Field not yeah. the easiest thing in the world. Yep. Getting tickets to a game in Green Bay, Wisconsin, when they're five, seven, and one is impossible. Yep. You know, it, it's just it's a loyal fan base, but at what point are they hitting the floor? Yeah, that, and that's and that's really the point.
0: And that's the thing too. It's like, how far can you take that? Cause I mean, at some point if there's nothing and, and you know, this is why I made the least reference. I think it's been what, since, I don't know the exact year as a Canadian, I should probably know this, that they haven't won a cup since the, I think the sixties. It's like, how far do you ride that loyalty before people just go,
1: we're done. Hey, man, the Cubs went over 100 years.
0: Uh, it, it's, it, it amazes me. It's one of those confusing things in sports that I've never been able to fully understand. Is this lo- I understand being loyal to, to your team, but it's like at what point do you draw the line, right?
1: Well, and, and the reality of it is is rather than talking about the people that aren't watching from 20 years ago, mm. just looking at two years ago, all <clears throat> right, because you haven't had this number of people cutting the cord. No. All right. Your rating is down 23%. Your live attendance is down 18%. And yet they've never made more money. And the reality is they're making more money regardless of what they do. Whatever their product is, it doesn't matter because of the TV contracts. That's why they're making more money. Yeah. But once the TV contracts dry up, then what do you do? And the, the answer that everybody gives me is, oh, well, it's real easy. You just move everything to the network. <laughs> so you run Raw and SmackDown on the network. Okay, great. But then how do you get new fans? Yeah. And I even asked that question to Eric Bischoff. And Eric Bischoff's response to me was, if I knew that answer, I would not be talking to you from <laughs> somewhere in Wyoming. I would be talking to you from my beach house in Malibu. Exactly. I mean that's the, and and that's really the reality
0: of it. Yeah, because yeah, then you're not making any of that advertising revenue as well, right? Or at least not as much of it when you're on. And uh, how do you get television. new fans? But, yeah, because and I've I've mentioned before on, on on the podcast here that when it comes to WWE and social media, they're, they're pretty good, but when it comes to you know trying to promote these upcoming events, they're really they're not that great at it. Like it, it's I can't remember the last big match I think that they're promoting. I think the the one that stands out to me is uh, Seth Rollins versus Shinsuke Nakamura. I had to scroll down probably like 10 pages before I saw something promoting it on Facebook on social media. Yep. You know, and th- that's another one particularly uh, that when it came up I was like that, that, that's such a great match and it was so poorly promoted and it just barely got out there like it just it made my blood boil and it but it's it's just the way that it is now with WWE. They don't now, care. One
1: of the hopes that it, that you have for the product to get better. Is in watching NXT, these are the small things that they do very, very well. Because in watching this week's episode of NXT, you know exactly what's going to happen. Not only next week, but the week after that. You have a hook to keep tuning into the show. And they only need one hour to do it. Not a three-hour... They do more in one hour than the main roster does in five.
0: I've said it before, when it comes to SmackDown, I can stomach. I'll, I'll watch it if I absolutely have to with Raw. I'll make the comparison. I would rather run broken glass over my eyeballs than watch raw at this point, because I, I watch it and like it, it just it all feels thrown together. And I don't feel like I'm being set up for anything. Like, there's no buildup to anticipation of these storylines. Like, like back in the day, well, like some of these builds used to last like a year or more until we got to that moment. Then it was like, holy crap, you know? Well, so, didn't
1: you see what Jimmy Jacobs said on Twitter the other day? Yep. It's hard. <laughs> This job is hard. (laughs) You should give us credit for doing it at all because this job is hard.
0: Yeah, that was a weird uh,
1: defense there. Uh, Yeah, I mean, guess what? You know what? All of our listeners, I bet you your job is hard too. Guess what? You still do it. Yep. And you do it to the best of your ability. And if this is the best of their ability, then they should be fired.
0: Yep. Have it just be too... I would say three people at the most should be writing these shows. I, I
1: would I would go as high as six because yeah, you're, you're, you're writing five hours of television. You know, like <laughs> yeah. for NXT, I want to say the creative team is four guys right now. Yeah. Basically, you know, yeah, they're doing one hour a week with like four guys. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. If you're going to be doing five hours a week, you might need like six guys. Yeah. It got twenty six writers. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot, man. I mean, it's no wonder the show sucks because one guy reads it and, and he crosses this part off, and then the next guy reads it and he crosses yeah. this, this part off, and the next guy yeah. reads it and he crosses this part off, and then, ah,
0: then, yeah, it's. Where the-
1: it's, it's Paint my numbers, my three-year-old could ride
0: it. It gets to the point where I'm, su- I'm surprised that there, uh, there's not more of, like on the production overlay of names uh, being put up wrong, or even just when the wrestlers are talking uh, of messing stuff up because it's it's so, I'm going to use possibly a very racist uh, statement here, but I'll say anyways. Yeah, It's like having too many Chiefs and not enough Indians.
1: Yep, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> it's the NWL running WCW. It really, really is. And that's the part that's so frustrating, Joe, is that you watch this show and it's WCW in 1997. It's like we haven't learned anything in the last 20 years. Nope. It's like we're going down the same path. And you know what? That there's a lot of people that are like, "Well, WWE's not going to go out of business." Yeah, that's what the WCW fans said in 1997 and in 2001 it was over because there was no more TV money. Yep. And with no more TV money, there was no more money to pay all these ridiculous contracts yeah. at
0: the end of the day brother though thankfully we have mlw we have impact we have ring of honor we have lucha underground we have new japan pro wrestling the list goes on and on even with local promotions in my area in your area there's enough restaurant to, to fill a wrestling uh, fix that we don't need to torture ourselves with WWE uh, w if we don't want to
1: but here's an insane number, all right? I want to put this into context for people. Yep. And because th- this number will blow your mind. The number of people who did not watch Raw this week, as opposed to the number of people that watched Raw last week, mm-hmm. there was a difference of 92,000 people. That's Impact Wrestling's entire viewership. Yeah. That tuned out in one week.
0: That's a that's not insignificant, folks. That's scary. That's very scary, especially
1: if you're impact wrestling. <laughs>
0: oh boy! But that's a good thing for them because that's just you know hopefully more people gravitating towards these other products. Which Let's I hope mean, they can RBC. find a better TV deal. I think uh, with time, we'll see. Another you know, Canadian company, you know, maybe uh, some you know Canadian cab- cable company could step in and, and help that out. Well, time will tell, man.
1: Canadian
0: cable. We'll what? see. We'll see. A thing? It is a thing.
1: Is it like your healthcare? Does everybody get cable for free?
0: No. Unfortunately, not. Freaking Canada. <laughs> On that note, let's wrap it up, brother. Before we go, though, let us know where everybody can find you and where they can listen to you at.
1: You can find me anywhere and everywhere across all social media platforms at NotJargo. You can find the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast by searching on your favorite podcast listening device. Imagine this, Hitting the Marks. It'll pop right up there for you, or you can find us at hittingthemarks.podbean.com. You can find us Mondays in the locker room at hackerhameen.podbean.com. You can find Huckleberry and I Tuesdays at twitch.tv backslash hittingthemarks for HTM Sports. That's a new fun little venture that we've been uh, undertaking here. It's the, the fastest half hour in sports. We try to get you all caught up. I'm watching the NFL in the background as Joe and I are sitting here recording today. Um, And then Wednesdays, you can find me at twitch.tv backslash hitting the marks for another episode of this is NXT. Normally about uh, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or so. Joe, thank you very much for having me on the show today, man. I appreciate it. Carl. Sorry about your damn
0: lie. <laughs> on that note, uh, of course you can find us on social media, TB talk pod on Facebook, on Instagram and Twitter. And to listen to the podcast, of course you can find us on our original home at Podbean, on Google play music on iTunes for you, Apple people out there and all those other podcasters out there. And of course powered at the grill position.com as part of the roar network. But before we are done here, Let's take a brief break, and we will come back with a very special interview with independent wrestling star Vinnie Da Vinci. Stay tuned. Big Joe of the thegorillaposition.com and the Roar Network here with a very important message. If you're hearing this right now, this prime piece of real estate can be yours. That's right. Your product, service, show, or whatever you need to bring attention to can be done right here on this very podcast or any of our shows here on the Roar Network. But that's not all. A host of other services can also be yours. Communications, news releases, video editing and production, any number of public relations and marketing services are available for the asking. Contact us at thegorillaposition1 at gmail.com today to find out how we can help you grow your audience, your booking, your attendance, and your business.
3: Tuning in to Turnbuckle Talk. This is Vinny Da Vinci here with Joe and Carl. All your wrestling information and news coming right at you live here on the podcast.
0: All right, guys, Big Joe back here on Turnbuckle Talk, and of course, we just got uh, finished uh, talking some wrestling with host of hitting the marks. Jargo, and of course uh, Carl is not here this week, but we have uh, an extra special guest here today. We have Vinny Da Vinci. Welcome, sir.
3: Hey, how's it going, Joey?
0: Not too bad. And you made your debut back in July of 2006 for Superior Wrestling Alliance in St. Mary, Michigan. And you are a former CWF Tag Team Champion, UCW Tag Team Champion, Sioux Area Wrestling Junior Heavyweight Champion, MCW Tag Team Champion. Wick Me Wakong Wrestling Championship, I hope I said that right, Thorn Wrestling Academy Tag Team Champion, and, of course, the NWA Northern Ontario Junior Heavyweight Champion. You have done quite a bit, sir.
3: Yeah, I've been around a bit.
0: <laughs> so, let's start off with the easy one right off the bat here. What got you into the biz, brother?
3: Um, Ray Mysterio, actually. Uh, I met him back just before I... Started in about 2004 at a house show in Kitchener. Wow. Uh, I'd always loved wrestling. I always wanted to get into the business. Always thought, based on my size and where I grew up in this world, that uh, you know, it wasn't in the cards for me. And then I actually ended up meeting Ray, and I realized, holy crap, I'm bigger than this guy. So that kind of lit a candle under me. And uh, when I moved to Toronto for college, I went down to the wrestling school and kind of all just snowballed from there.
0: Yeah, I mean, he was a perfect example of somebody that you know, you don't need to have the size you know you can always uh, make up f- for another areas with just your presence in that uh, in-ring work and uh, you know a great example and obviously a great person to, to follow and now uh, mentioning you know watching wrestling you know this brings up another question too are you because uh, I think that there's this always this assumption out there that somebody who's in the professional wrestling business and does it themselves watches as much are you somebody that kind of keeps up on uh, what's going on with WWE and all these other companies or are you just kind of do your own thing
3: Uh, I do my best to stay in the loop. Uh, I don't watch it religiously week to week like uh, a casual fan would. But uh, I try to absorb as much content as I can, uh, be it older wrestling or some of the more obscure stuff. Um, I definitely do my research when I know I have a big match coming up and facing off against somebody that I might not be familiar with their work. Uh, but yeah, I don't. I don't just necessarily sit back and watch Monday Night Raw or SmackDown every week. Uh, I'll do what I can to hit the pay-per-views when uh, when they're coming up, yeah. and uh, it just just general wrestling. Like I'll uh, I'll absorb as much as I can. So
0: yeah, because even you know, getting to watch uh, some of these guys for research. I mean, even just recently with uh, of course Cwe and the and the Sue, you've gotten to work with some uh, some pretty uh, elite uh, company there.
3: Yeah, it's uh, it's been a fun ride the last couple of years. Um, definitely put a lot of uh, Highlights on the career and oh, yeah. uh, added to my resume a little bit, for sure. Uh, just with the sheer amount of talent that I've had the opportunity to work with in such a short amount of time, it's, it's been surreal.
0: Because with CWE, you know, to, you know our, our listeners are, of course, already kind of aware of this, but, I mean, really emerging as a big wrestling company in Canada, right?
3: Absolutely. Some, some big tours. Uh, I think they're touring three or four times a year now, uh, in excess of 30 days per tour. Um, I've just caught the tail end of the last few so, you know, I do four or five shows here or there. Um, but, yeah, it's it's been cool, man. It's been super cool.
0: You know, and hailing uh, out of Winnipeg, CWE, I mean, talk about uh, an unexpected hotbed of wrestling. You know, you have Danny Duggan, who uh, you know, runs CWE. Of course, we have Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, and just to name a few. So, you know, Winnipeg in Canada, who would have thought, you know, uh, kind of a hotbed of professional wrestling, and actually you um, are going to be making your way out to Winnipeg soon, right?
3: Yes sir, uh, January 4th and 5th, uh, Diego and I are taking a trip to Manitoba, uh, we're going to wrestle at Rookie Sports Bar, it's one of their big uh, monthly shows that they put on, nice. and um, an opportunity to do a training camp with Tommy Dreamer.
0: Tommy Dreamer, yeah, because yes, he's sir. been doing quite a bit, so he's somebody that, uh, you know, and he's getting up there in age too, so he's not getting any younger, and he's still still working away, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's yes. going to be cool, man. <laughs> So, with Winnipeg, are you going to get a chance to uh, do anything else there or are you going there just for business?
3: Uh, Just for business. It's going to be a 14 hour drive, bang (laughs) out a show, do the seminar, and start heading back. So, it's life on the road for you.
0: Well, having said that, then, I think this kind of leads nicely into the next question. Something that I don't think I've ever gotten to actually ask any wrestlers that i've actually been able to interview and uh, you know i've had the pleasure of hearing some great names but um, i think that this is uh, something that i'd like to bring up with you and this uh, has to do with uh, being a professional wrestler and the impact and and whatnot that it has on you know being in a relationship whether it's a girlfriend or a wife or whatnot so what from your experience you know from your experience and from what you see and what is it like being a professional wrestler and being involved with somebody
3: uh, it's not easy, man, because uh, I was in a relationship for almost eight years, and I always found that being out of town put a strain on things a lot. Um, you're gone, you know, a couple weekends a month, if not more. And um, at the end of the day, you're you're spending a lot of time on the road and away from people. A lot of time in hotel rooms or crashing on people's couches. And uh, at the end of the day, you know, you, you don't get to see a lot of people. Um, it, it's it's definitely more difficult than people realize. Uh, if you're with the right person, I guess you know they they accept it. Um, but it is a lot to ask of somebody. I guess it's just like with any other field of work. If you're out of town a lot, um, you know it it just it is what it is. So
0: now, would you say that you know to give some advice to some uh, some new talents they're looking at getting into the business and if they are involved, is this something that um, you know should deter them from getting into pro wrestling because it you know because it will cause a relationship to suffer or is this just something that uh, you got to go in knowing that that's the case.
3: Uh kind of a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um you know, you got to you got to you got to be prepared for that. Like don't expect to be somebody that is gone all the time and for everything to be cool because it, it takes definitely a special person to uh to accept that. Uh, I have friends that spend a lot of time on the road and yeah. they hardly get to see their significant others and you know, it's that, that's difficult. Like you know, especially nowadays, even with Facebook and internet and all the different forms of communication that we have, it, it's it's not the same as being there next to a person. You know. So,
0: and looking uh, all the way up to to the top of WWE, I mean, you have these guys uh, and, and women now, especially you know, in their tour schedule they have. I mean, just their you know their their family really is you know the WWE and you know the wives and the the husbands and the children you know, end up kind of being secondary. You know, we see historically that, uh, you know, sometimes that doesn't work all that great either, right? Then it can definitely cause some issues. So, you know, it, it's one of those things where being a professional wrestler, it's um, it really becomes kind of your main passion, right?
3: Mm-hmm. It's a lifestyle choice, man. It's uh, just like anything else, you know.
0: Now, sure. speaking with the, the WWE, now, have, have you watched it all recently? Because we were just on with uh, Jargo from Hitting the Marks, and uh, I don't know how much you've been watching their recent product, but it's uh, something that's really, you know, it revolves around TV viewership and people really just not watching anymore. Now, back in, like, the Attitude Era and when, out, were you a pretty regular watcher? of? Uh, oh, yeah, for sure. Now, what... Because you said that you don't watch a ton of it lately. Is, is it because... The, the product is kind of subpar as it is now, or is it just it, you're at at the point where just because gotta make gotta mention too is that, that there's a ton of wrestling content out in there. We have we have you know Ring of Honor, we have MLW now, which is fantastic. Uh, Impact is getting big again. You know that there's a, a ton of content out there. Is it just there's just not enough time to watch it all?
3: I, I think it's more of that for sure. The, I think just TV viewership in general is down uh, yeah. now with online streaming services and Netflix, and there's just so much stuff that you can. You can watch in a week, and I don't think it's the product. I definitely don't think the WWE's product is any worse now than it was 10 years ago. If anything, the talent pool that they have is better, uh, in my opinion. So I don't necessarily think it's the viewership's down because it's not good. I just think it comes down to... Like look at Monday Night Football and stuff like that. Like, what are their ratings like? I don't think it's what it was. No, not everybody's tuning in to watch Survivor every week anymore. You know, it's it's just the way that the the beast has changed.
0: Yeah, because we, we consume content <coughs> so differently now. Even listening to this podcast, you're you're listening to it, you're streaming it, you're downloading it off the internet. You know, with wrestling shows, it's the same thing. You know, we're, we're it seems to be like we're, we're either streaming it, whether it be the WWE Network or Global Wrestling Network, or we're just going to see it in person. You mm-hmm. know, the TV viewership thing just seems to be something that it's, I won't say that's necessarily done, but it's something that, that I think slowly over time is kind of, almost kind of being phased out. That's the, the way that I kind of see it. hmm So getting to kind of one of the bigger topics that we wanted to talk about you, of course, you've been in the business you've been wrestling since 2006. What is the bigger picture for Vinny Da Vinci?
3: Uh, I'd love to do it full time. Um, Like I've always kind of been a weekend warrior for the last few years. Um, Doing a few shows a month here and there. Um, It would be nice to be able to pay the bills solely off wrestling. That being said, um, at 33 years old, I don't know if my breakthrough point for WWE is still in the cards for me. Also, looking at the lifestyle and being on the road 300 days of the year, uh, you know, it's wishful thinking, but it's also a big change. So I think me personally, um, I would be very content uh, doing a Tour of Japan or working for Impact or Ring of Honor. I think uh, that would be a better route for me personally. I've always been a big uh, family guy, so I like to have the ability to go and visit uh my parents and see people once in a while <laughs> yeah so um i think personally yeah, i think it would be a better fit uh, especially after having some chats with um guys from ring of honor on these cwe tours um their schedule just seems to be that much better and um a lot more downtime in between too so
0: yeah it, I- impact i mean dude it's it's right in our backyard now too right so they mm-hmm. run mainly out of sarnia in that area so it's something that i think be right up your alley now, another thing that I uh, wanted to mention, too, because this is something, because you got to be part of uh, this uh, last CW tour, there was something pretty significant that happened, you know, that uh, made its run on social media and whatnot. And, of course, this revolves, we mentioned on the podcast, this deal with Bruce, the Barber Beefcake. Now, how do you view this whole kind of thing? Is this just something that happens all the time, or is, is this just plain old, just unprofessionalism and not cool?
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah right i don't say it happens all the time but uh it's a risk you take sometimes i've worked on lots of shows over the years where someone was advertised and did not appear um but when a whole tour is centered around somebody and they kind of bail you know during the last leg of the tour just as some of the drives are smart, start to get smaller uh it just leaves a bad taste in everybody's mouth and it does hurt the business and it does hurt the smaller communities that everyone's trying to build up because you're relying on that star power to to help get in that casual fan and create a, a regular fan out of, right? So, yeah the whole situation i don't want to get into it too much because it's been beaten to it like a dead horse yeah, but right I, honestly yeah it's it's totally not cool and it's not something that should ever happen in this day and age
0: yeah you know, and thankfully for the last little leg of that tour jimmy jacobs uh, stood up and uh came in and uh, helped end enough that tour on a good uh on a good note and um i, I heard that uh you know, he was able to find his their find his way to the show real easy and uh Made a good impact there, so that was cool to see that uh, you know it wasn't all negative and it ended on a positive note. So,
3: yeah, and honestly, I would take a, a working talent over a guest appearance any day. So it's a benefit to the fan as well because they're going to see someone that they recognize from TV that, that's still active. Amen, man. Yeah, for sure. So I think for a good
0: last topic here, Vinny, we're going to talk about. Your best story, whether it be a road story or just a thing that's happened to you, you know, since you've gotten in, into the business, best story that, uh, that you've had from your experiences?
3: Oh, there's so many, man. Like, you got to give me something more to go off of here. Like, I've uh, okay. kind a of story here? <laughs>
0: How about, let's say, a travel story?
3: A travel story. Oh, geez, there's so many. I don't even know where to start. I don't know. I've uh, I've luckily had a lot of different experiences traveling with uh, guys like Diego guys like Hexum. Um yep. There's, I don't even know I, I could just I could tell you examples of things like driving almost 12 hours to an event down in Ohio <laughs> um, finding out that the promoter did not pay the venue and there was no money and at the end of the night we're all like nine of us crammed into a hotel room you know I, I, I could tell you a whole bunch of stories man like I don't even know where to start to be honest. Oh, well,
0: it's uh, it's all you know part of being an independent wrestler. You've definitely you've experienced a lot, and uh, you know when it comes to your future, I think that Impact or Ring of Honor, I think, is right up your alley. And uh, we would all love nothing better than to see you uh, working for either of those companies, or even a combination of the both. With uh, the way the landscape is now, guys are crossing over and working for both those companies. So,
3: well, if the Booker man's listening, listen to Joey Morin because. Uh yeah, he's on the right track.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> All right, man. Well, to kind of end things off here, where can people find you on social media? And uh, I think you have a YouTube channel as well, right?
3: Yeah, I, I got to get more content out there. I got to find myself an editor. But, uh, yeah, you can look me up, uh, Vinny da Vinci Wrestling on YouTube. That's Vinny with an I-E. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Vinny DaVinci. Um, or my personal Facebook, Matt Ferranti. And, uh, yeah, I'm there.
0: And, uh to see you next uh, winnipeg is your next day right
3: yeah um i'm tentatively penciled in for an event for blue water in december but uh it's looking for sure like january uh heading out to winnipeg and then uh, a couple spot shows here and there between uh and then i'm probably gonna do a bigger chunk of the tour uh come this April as well so um let's kind of roll with it and see what happens
0: awesome so if you're in the area make sure and uh, check them out all right, well, let's uh, wrap it up here, and uh, it's good to talk to you, Vinny, and we'll uh, see you next time.
3: Thanks, Joey. Anytime, bro.
0: Awesome. And now Carl has a word from our sponsors
3: we have got some
2: amazing sponsors one of them to start off with is hype city vapors check them out at hypecityvapors.com if you are a vapor like myself you can get yourself some amazing high quality great flavored vape juice from hypecityvapors.com right now they have their Christmas blend out it is like a vanilla shortbread cookie and tastes mm, oh so good make sure you go and check them out hypecityvapors.com use promo code JK podcast at the checkout and get yourself 15% off your entire purchase our second sponsor that we have is is collarandelbowbrand.com a professional wrestling t shirt, sweater, hat, cozies for your cans, sunglasses? These guys have a little bit of everything when it comes to streetwear for the professional wrestler in all of us. We are looking at collarandelbowbrand.com founded by our friend al snow yes you heard that right the amazing al snow from the wwe owns this company along with all of us as he says this isn't just his company this is all of our companies Go and check them out for some amazing merchandise and use promo code JK podcast at the checkout and get yourself 10% off your entire order.
0: All right. We will see you guys on the next one.
2: This is Michael Melkor, executive editor of TheGorillaPosition.com and co-host of Going Home with Ryan and Mike. And you are listening to Turnbuckle Talk.
1: You swear, Joe? Oh
0: no, yeah. I'll have to bleep that out for the final recording.
1: If, oh, if my I decide gosh. to put it in, well, you are recording with me, man. So yeah. you know, all bets are off.
0: Uh, I tr- we we try and go as PG as we can, but I mean, if there's the odd thing that gets in there, yeah, it is what it is.
1: Well, you know me, you know us Iowa boys and our potty mouse You yeah, listen to Slipknot. Yeah.
0: Huh? Auto- I do listen to a lot
1: of Slipknot, so <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: Oh, there's no need to apologize. Uh, it's uh, and that new album's got to be coming out soon, right?
1: I would think. Yeah. So. I don't know. I haven't listened to Slipknot since uh, Joey left.
0: Oh.
1: It's getting good again. Yeah, the new single,
0: new single that they put out is it's like it's old school Slipknot. Nice. Yep.
1: Uh, really, the only Slipknot that I had any use for was Iowa. And, yeah. And like even as Iowa's much as I good. dislike Slipknot, that yeah. is a musical freaking masterpiece.
0: Yeah, Iowa is really damn good.
1: Cool. And that's pretty much what Iowa sounded like at that time period. Yep. Well, Marty's uh, extended through at least the G one SuperCard show uh, because he he actually signed an extension here about six months ago mm-hmm. before all of this craziness started. Yeah. So uh, PCO, that's a that's a little that's, bit of a surprise. That's a I, surprise, I, I knew the Brody King thing was coming. Yeah,
0: but. PCO's a surprise.
1: Yeah, that one yep. that one caught me a little bit off guard. But
0: yeah, that would have been like if they would have signed Glacier. Like <laughs> it's like what? What? <laughs> Wait, <laughs> they're, they're not the same guy. You guys are really digging for stuff,
1: eh? They they look very similar. Yeah, they do look very similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you did you hear anything about the P.C.O. Strongman thing up at Starcast? No. Thursday, while we were up there, he was on his own stage, like stapling pictures of the Undertaker to his chest and letting people throw darts at it. Especially uh, like when me and Rick do it over Skype, and every once in a while, you know, you'll end up with the, the Skype from Hell it, Delay.
0: It, 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 yeah, you mm. got, got Robo Rick. I, mo- uh-huh. like, I almost felt like ripping some of that audio from some of your shows and making a bit out of it. <laughs> and now That's a word ridiculous. from Robo Rick. We hear like, eh, 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 uh, eh, uh. Oh, it's like what's happening to him? He's dying. Let <laughs> me go help him out.